Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CME curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Hello, I am Javed Butler. I am president of the Baylor Scott & White Research Institute and professor of medicine at University of Mississippi. I am delighted to give this presentation, New Therapies for HEFREF, How Do They Work? What can they offer? This is a huge topic. Uh, a lot of the new uh, trials have recently come out in patients with heart failure and reduced ejection fraction that have shown substantial benefit in outcomes. So let's start with angiotensin uh, receptor neprilysin uh, inhibitor or ARNI therapy. So we know for the longest time that patients with heart failure and uh, reduced ejection fraction, uh, had neurohormonal activation, and we always worked on one side of the ledger, which is the patients have activation of neurohormones, and we need to attenuate the function of those by using ACE inhibitors, beta blockers, and MRAs. However, Mother Nature also has uh, the beneficial neurohormones that counteract these adverse neurohormonal activation, things like uh, ANP, BNP, CNP, adrenomodulin, etc. However, uh, their half-life is small. So neprilysin is the enzyme that degrades these. So giving neprilysin inhibitor now brings a balance in the neurohormonal uh, axes uh, by giving angiotensin receptor blocker to block the bad neurohormone, but giving neprilysin inhibitor to potentiate the effect of good neurohormones in the long run. This was tested in a large trial called Paradigm HF, largest trial ever done in heart failure, showed substantial reduction in cardiovascular death, heart failure hospitalization, sudden cardiac death, improvement in quality of life, and subsequent studies have shown reverse remodeling for the cardiac function as well. We move on to sodium glucose co-transporter type 2 inhibitor or SGLT2 inhibitors. We literally need a full hour to discuss the mechanism of action of SGLT2 inhibitors, but suffice it to say that these drugs are associated with improvement in cardiac structure and function, so reverse remodeling, LVH, reversal, diastology, fibrosis, atrial function, etc., these drugs are associated with improved vascular structure and function, so aortic uh, stiffness, uh, endothelial function, with renal function, decrease intraglomerular pressure, preservation of renal function, natriuresis, osmotic diuresis, and a whole bunch of systemic effects, decrease adiposity, inflammation, oxidative stress, improved mitochondrial efficiency, autophagy, etc. So there's a lot of reasons by which these drugs may improve heart failure outcomes, and these drugs these mechanisms are overlapping in both HEF-REF and HEF-PEP. So indeed, it's not a surprise that trials in patients with HEF-REF like DAPA-HF and uh, uh, Emperor-Reduce and in patients with HEF-PEP like Emperor-Preserved and Delivered, these trials have been shown to improve uh, the outcomes, uh, cardiovascular death, heart failure, hospitalization in both DAPA-HF and Emperor-Reduce. So uh, in Emperor-Preserved and the Delivered trial results are pending as we speak. Then we have some uh, uh, drugs that were tested in a specific population, so SGC or soluble guanylase cyclase stimulators. So normal nitric oxide pathway is that nitric oxide combines with soluble guanylate cyclase, which converts GTP to CGMP. Now, these are a lot of words, but the simplest thing to remember is that the CGMP is the effector molecule that has downstream a whole bunch of beneficial effects on the heart, on the vasculature 
feature on the kidney. It's a pretty ubiquitous effector molecule. In patients with oxidative stress like heart failure, you don't have enough nitric oxide available to stimulate soluble gonadal cyclase, and therefore CGMP production goes down. What very sequat does is that, one, it increases the sensitivity of the soluble guanylate cyclase to nitric oxide, but more importantly, it directly stimulates soluble guanylate cyclase and improves the production of cyclic GMP. This was tested in patients with specifically worsening heart failure. So those patients who were somewhat stable on medical therapy, now they have worsening symptoms and hospitalization either within the past six months uh, or requirement for outpatient IV diuretics within the past uh, three months. These patients on excellent medical therapy remain at a very high risk. And when very Seaguat was given to these patients, there was a 10% relative risk reduction and a 4.2% absolute risk reduction with a number needed to treat of only 24 to reduce the risk of cardiovascular death or heart failure hospitalization. Now, moving on to uh, iron deficiency. So we all know that iron deficiency can cause anemia, which can decrease the oxygen carrying capacity and leads to worsening symptoms. But what we sometimes forget that there's a lot of patients with iron deficiency who don't have anemia. They also have problems with uh, poor outcomes and exercise capacity and clinical worsening of heart failure because iron is critically needed in multiple enzyme systems in the body, including ATP generation, electron transport chain. We also mentioned soluble guanylate cyclase right now. All of these require iron. So IV iron has been shown in the outpatient setting to improve uh, outcomes of uh, patients in chronic heart failure in terms of quality of life and functional capacity. But another trial was done called AFFIRM-AHF in patients hospitalized with decompensated heart failure who had iron deficiency and low ejection fraction. And when given, there was a substantial reduction, a 26% relative risk reduction in the risk of total uh, first and recurrent heart failure hospitalization. Another therapy which is not uh, in the market yet and is going through the approval process is the Omacaptive Micarbil. This is a myosin stimulator, increases the actin-myosin interaction, force of contraction, and leads to more sustained contraction, increased ejection, uh, fraction. So that trial was tested specifically in patients with EF less than 35% in a galactic HF trial. That trial also met its primary endpoint. There was an 8% relative risk reduction. However, if you look at the subgroup analysis of those patients with EF less than 28%, there was a 16% relative risk reduction with an interaction between those with EF less than or greater than 28. Uh, how will we use this drug in the clinical setting? What will be some of the precautionary notes, these things we don't know because the drug is not available in the market right now. So I want to close my presentation by discussing the fact that these patients are at such high risk, patients with heart failure, that while we may have three or four therapies that are foundational therapy, these other therapies are really needed uh, because our patients, despite of the foundational therapy, remain at a very high risk, and we will continue to learn more about these therapies. Thank you. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME Incorporated, and is part of our Minute CME curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com CME. Thank you for listening.